Hello and welcome to From Our Perspective, Two Therapists, Moms, and a Mic. My name is Katie Truax. And I'm Claudia Glassman. And today we are talking about postpartum, depression, anxiety, and anything else that comes up, mm. I suppose. <laughs> And today we have another guest. Yay, it's three in a row. That's so fun. I love it. So today we have Ashley with us, Ashley glasser Conicky. who, Ashley, do you want to jump in and kind of talk about who you're the mom of, to, of? Yes. And I don't know, kind of maybe why you're willing to talk about this subject on a podcast. Absolutely. Um, I am the mom of Jade. And she is my daughter. She's turning eight. Uh, very excited about that next month. And um, this is a subject I'm just really passionate about because I don't feel it's a subject people talk about a lot. There's a lot of uh, shame around it. There's a lot of guilt. There's just lots of feelings for people um, around postpartum and I'm passionate about um, letting people know that you can get through it, um, normalizing it a bit, and uh, just giving people hope. That, that's mainly why I wanted to talk with you ladies about it. Yeah. So kind of when you were going through this eight years ago, wow. She's wow. Um, can you talk a little bit about what that process was like for you kind of early on and even like recognizing it or not, because I work with a lot of new moms and sometimes I hear I have postpartum depression and then we dive into it and it's not actually postpartum depression. It's more um, situational. Like there's a lot of family conflict. There's a lot of stuff going on that obviously impacts how we handle our time postpartum. And then there's actual postpartum depression, anxiety, um, psychosis and kind of all of the variants of that. So what was that like for you? Like, how did you figure it out? What were you experiencing? What did that look like? Well, can I ask a real quick question just to kind of clarify one point too, yeah. for our, myself and for our listeners, Ashley, when you said you're passionate about helping people with this, is this something that you do professionally or is this just kind of like a personal heart mission that you just try to talk to as many people about this as you can? Yes, I just, um, I don't currently do it in any type of professional setting, um, but any mom that I've come across that's been struggling a little bit, I, if they're comfortable, feel uh, like chatting with them about it, letting them know they're not alone, um, and just kind of letting them know there's support out there and ways to get through it. Um and it's something that, again, just because people don't talk about it um, a lot, you know, it's it's kind of just one of these taboo subjects because so many times people hear the extreme, the psychosis part of it. And so that's really only about 1% of um, postpartum issues. And, you know, that's such an extreme, but that's what we hear about in the media and everything. So if I, I've had a few mom friends that I recognize they, they, you know, were having a tough time and just felt comfortable sharing my experience with them and, um, let them know about some resources that helped me. So, yeah. Got it. Okay. Love it. So sorry to like derail there for a minute, but, um, oh, no, no, that's, that's okay. Um, <laughs> 
So, so yeah, for me, like, you know, I'm going to go back to pregnancy a little bit, you know, um, for me, I was, I was thrilled when I found out that I was pregnant and, you know, it's just kind of this, um, you know, just, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm having a girl and it, it, you know, and it was just, you know, all the joy that comes with that. Um, and then about halfway through my pregnancy, I, I started not sleeping so well and not really realizing that, um, this is, this can even happen with hormonal changes. I just didn't know no other pregnant mom friends had shared that their sleep was interrupted, that kind of thing. And I was new, this is my one and only child. So didn't really have anything to compare it to. Um, my doctors at appointments never seemed to be concerned when I shared that I wasn't sleeping great um, throughout the pregnancy. So that brought on a little bit of anxiety in itself because when you don't sleep, you don't feel your best version of yourself, right? Right. So that being said, my pregnancy, it just, there were some stressors throughout it. Um, you know, we had a scare with, with uh, Jade. There was, um, she had some cysts that dissolved, but basically like it was very concerning. So there was some troubling stuff going on in this, what, what I had envisioned this very like happy, happy time. Um, that being said, you know, I, I met with a doula to just kind of, um, you know, I wanted a natural childbirth and I wanted to have a good support again, not my sister doesn't have children. I, um, my mom's really far removed from it. I just kind of wanted that extra support, um, with a doula. And so, um, in doing that, I also wanted help with like natural childbirth, that kind of thing. Um, and that was my goal, but my doula had told me like, you can come up with a birth plan and all, you know, but when basically she had this expression, like when, um, when you, when you make a plan, God laughs. And so, um, long story short, Jade was a surprise cesarean section. It, I, I was ready to, uh, have a natural childbirth and, um, that just didn't turn out the way that I envisioned or planned. Um, we found out she was breached when I was basically at 10 centimeters. And so, so I just basically went into the, the birth of her, just, it was a very high stress situation. So that being said, we have her, you know, the cesarean, I heal. It turns out great. She's healthy. Everything is going well and we're over the moon. And then about two months in, I just started noticing, um, I am getting really, really overwhelmed. And this is not just, this is not just, I'm a little stressed with a newborn. There's just more going on. My sleep wasn't after she was born. My sleep didn't come back. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're not talking because I know you, Ashley, you're not talking about I'm just struggling sleep like you were struggling with insomnia and it was not like I was restlessly sleeping. It's like you were awake and really struggling to get sleep in general. Hours. Yeah. All night. It was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. And that separate, Ashley, from what you like had to be awake for to be momming, you know, or and with like, was this purely like your body just would not sleep or was this because you were up with Jade? That was what was so confusing because mm -hmm. in the beginning I was up feeding her, 
and just up because, you know, attending to her needs. And then as she started sleeping more, I didn't. (laughs) So my body and my hormones, I believe it was a combination. I just never, like, she was a wonderful baby. And that was, that was really hard. That was, that was a lot of, you know, that brought a lot of guilt for me because she would sleep and she ate, she wasn't colicky. She was a really good, easy baby. And once she started, you know, we, um, we transferred her to her, um, our, our master bedrooms downstairs and Jade's bedroom was upstairs. She slept with us the first four or five months and, um, in our bedroom. And then when we moved her upstairs with the baby monitor, I just, I just, never, my sleep did not come back. She was doing great. And so this was definitely something different. Um, I think I had bouts of it, like I mentioned during my pregnancy, but this, this really came on strong about two to three months after her birth. So, um, I think I was just so exhausted after, after the the C-section and all the, you know, when you're a new parent, you just, you don't, you don't, I mean, you're on cloud nine because you have this new baby. And then after, you know, after a couple of months, after two months, like the sleep just, you know, wasn't there. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. So. And so I know you had this insomnia. Did you then experience, you had mentioned before that like, obviously lack of sleep is not great for anxiety. Did you feel like this increase in anxiety and increase in depression and increase in all of it, like, what did that, what did that look like for you? So with the anxiety, I started to, I mean, with the, with the insomnia, I started to develop anxiety because I started to be very fearful about how am I going to take care of my baby Mm -hmm. on literally no sleep? How am I going to get through the day and attend to her when I am feeling physically just so depleted and so exhausted, um, day in and day out. So you know, I just, that's where my anxiety, it wasn't the, the anxiety of, um, is my baby, um, yes, I had concerns about her, but it was nothing like, um, you know, you hear about anxiety, like, is my baby going to, you know, um, sleep on her tummy and, or, or, you know, get stuck in the, you know, just, I'm trying to think of examples. It wasn't like your typical new mom anxiety of like, holy crap, I'm responsible for this being and I'm terrified something's going to happen to it. That was not the anxiety you were experiencing. No. Right. Okay. No, I was, I was really worried just like physically how I was going to manage, um, taking care of her. Like, and, and I also noticed too, my husband was, you know, at the time, like, you know, he works for himself. I, I worked for him, um, full-time prior to Jade's birth. I mean, I've done a lot of different things, but up until her birth, I was in the office. And so I also thought that I would be able to work from home with my baby. And I was just going to put her in her little swing or don't tell me time. And I was going to be at my desk and just happily editing and doing the things that I do. And so when he, he, you know, had to resume work and I was home with her and I just was like, how am I going to do this? And she was a really good baby, but 
it wasn't her fault. She needed her mom. And so there was, so there was that piece too, like anxiety over the work and how was I going to balance, you know, um, doing my, doing my work responsibilities with caring for her. Um, it just, that wasn't going to happen. So long story short, like I took time off from the office because I wasn't in a place where I could attend to her and do all the stuff that was needed at that juncture with the business, you know? So at what point are you thinking? Cause I can see where someone would be like, okay, I'm just going to ride this out. Right. Again, we get, we get, we rationalize stuff, right? Like, oh, you know, it's a lot of change. It's a new baby. It's a lot of, and we kind of get in our heads and we're like, oh, I'll just wait, which is what I think a lot of moms do because again, you know, to your point, Ash, there's not a lot of conversation. Your pediatrician, your pediatrician, <laughs> your OBs don't necessarily do a great job screening for this. If you don't come to them and say, I'm on the struggle bus. Cause if you don't say that they don't seem to really dive too deep into it. So at what point are you like, this is not something I'm going to ride out. Like this is different than an adjustment period for lack of like a better way to phrase it. Uh, after the C-section, I had follow-up visits with my OB mm -hmm. and I, um, I feel like about, I think it was about two months, two months in six weeks from it. I, I told him I'm not sleeping and I'm getting really anxious because of it. Like my baby is doing great. She's healthy. She's, you know, um, other than feeding, you know, normal feedings, like this is not, you know, I'm, I'm not sleeping and I'm very scared. And he just prescribed me Zoloft and was like, here you go, try this. And, um, you know, this will help you. And that did not help me at all. Um, that was not, I was terrified to take it. I'd never taken any type of, um, medication before I, you know, I didn't, I, I just, it, it terrified me, but at the same time I thought, well, I'll take it because if it'll help me sleep, I'll try it. And, um, and I think, you know, depression started anxiety and depression feed into each other. I started feeling depressed because I was so tired and I'm like, this is supposed to be a happy time. And I'm, Anyway, I was just like, I don't, you know, I'm scared. I don't know what to do. So I'll try this medicine. And that, that did not work for me. Um, I didn't take it long. I felt really bad. I contacted my doula and I asked her, do you have a therapist or someone I can talk to that works with new moms that are struggling? Because I just confessed to her what was going on, confided in her, you know, I'm, I'm just really struggling right now. And, um, you know, I'm, I need help. So she, she worked very closely with the therapist, um, that works with new moms. Um, she, that's not her only specialty, but she does work a lot with postpartum. And so she got me to Susan Tensley, who is amazing. And, um, and I started talking to her. So Jade was born in October. I started talking to Susan in December. Okay. And um, while my sleep wasn't, um, you know, again, I tried the Zoloft immediately. I felt really off when I took it. And I just, that wasn't for me. Um, so I just tried with regular sessions with her. And another thing that was very helpful for me was um, trying to be around other 
new moms getting out, even if I didn't feel like it and I was exhausted, um, that was really not isolating myself, getting out, going to um, mommy meetup, you know, activities. Um, I met up with you and your girls, Claudia. I, I have other neighbor friends. I would just make myself do it. Um, even if I was just so tired, I just, that, that window and being around other people was very, very helpful. Um, my anxiety worsened when I was home by myself. And I think, um, I think for a lot of us that go from working full time into being home with a baby, uh, you know, your husband goes back to work, your family maybe can't help so much. You just, you're very isolated, even, you know, so getting out and being around other people was huge for me. Yeah. Um, my therapist really encouraged that. Yeah, you know, as a society, and I think this comes up in parenting a lot, and I'm pretty sure we've probably touched on this before, but we were so isolated, you know, like old school, like tribes, right? Or when we lived in more villages, it's like you had a baby and like there was family there for starters because people didn't move as much as they do now. There were multiple generations. The older generation helps with the younger, like there was more built-in support. And now it is a little isolating. I mean, you kind of created that, right? You went out and you joined mom groups and you, you created that, but it's not built in. And that is what I hear a lot from moms is they dedicate all of their daytime energy to their kids. Depending on your um, access to resources and your finances, you may or may not be able to access additional help, right? And the isolation and the recognizing like this is a purpose and it's a switch in purpose, but you losing yourself a little bit. Yeah. The lack and the lack of sleep and the lack of all the things. And it really is, um, is a challenge we face, I think in our society in general, because we are so isolated and you're supposed to just like have this baby and carry on, you know? And it's like, it's, it is a huge adjustment hormonally, physically, emotionally, mentally, right? Like all the things. Well, and I'm just so struck by your experience with your professionals. So can we go back to that for a minute? Would that be okay? Yeah, absolutely. You said you went to your, and help me remember, I mean, my daughter's 10, so it's been a long time. Like how, when do you go back to your OB for your checkups after childbirth? And you had a C-section, so I'm sure that schedule maybe might have been a little bit different. Yeah, and, and it was, you know... So I can't, to be honest with you, I cannot remember how often the checkups were, but I can tell you that the screening was so poor. Mm -hmm. um, I actually switched groups after this happened. There was a lot leading up to, to like, I, this was a very large medical practice. They kind of treated you almost like cattle. Like they, you know, everybody in my area typically will go to this group and yet they, there's no new mom resources. There's no, um, it's not like he said, Oh, let me, you know, we have a couple of therapists we recommend, or, you know, um, there was nothing like that. It was just, Oh, here's some Zoloft and let me know how that works for you. Mm -hmm. I don't even, it, it was just, I, I couldn't believe it. The lack of resources. Yeah. Um, it was very, and, and you were asking me how many appointments I think they saw me probably like I want to say maybe a month 
after the C-section, it, it, that time period is a blur because you know you're going to like your baby's appointments too, it seems like every week. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So And so nobody ever addressed the sleep. Not at all. Not during the pregnancy. I was just told, even my doula, to be honest with you, she just kind of was like, oh, you know, so pregnancy is uncomfortable. You know, it's really uncomfortable. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like that. I don't know. During pregnancy, I don't know. This is how I experienced it. Like your toes could all fall off of your foot and your doctor would look at you and be like, sometimes that happens during pregnancy. It's like anything that happened while you're pregnant. Yeah. Like, even if it's a legit other concern, right? It's like weird things happen when you're pregnant. Like, there was like, so I'm, I'm wondering if the sleep is the same thing, right? I'm not sleeping. Okay, maybe you're uncomfortable and you're just not sleeping. Well, and I think I have a little bit more grace during pregnancy for your providers kind of, you know, glazing over that, right? Because yes, we have hormonal shifts. Yes, we're uncomfortable. We're hot. We're fat. <laughs> <laughs> Like, right. And you also don't necessarily want to be taking a lot of things during pregnancy. Right. So there's behavioral strategies and maybe some, I mean, I'm married to a functional wellness doctor, so I know that there's a lot of options there that are safe for pregnancy for people who need support with sleep. Um, but a lot of people don't know that. And I do have grace for that, but I'm really struggling with the postpartum part where they did not address the sleep, right? Because when I hear your story, it sounds like you're very clear about the fact that the first domino was asleep. And then the anxiety and depression came because of the sleep, which is not always the case for people with postpartum, right? Um, I would say, and Claudia, you probably know better than me, but my guess would be that more often postpartum anxiety and depression are a direct offshoot of hormonal imbalances, Um, not kind of this by way of sleep per se, right? That that's a a variation on the theme, but not necessarily always the case where for you, right? We can make the assumption that your hormones were out of whack, like everybody's are after giving birth. And then because the hormones were out of whack, you weren't sleeping. And then maybe also the hormones could contributed to some sadness or some anxious feelings or some worry, right? But that sleep was definitely a mediating factor for you. And you know, maybe we could be helpful to somebody listening around just bringing that awareness to that. So Zoloft and Lexapro and um, Seroquel and lots of other wonderful drugs out there are SSRIs and are prescribed typically as a first line of defense for depression. Um, They work to increase the amount of serotonin, which is one of our feel-good chemicals in the brain and sometimes can have an effect on sleep, but they're definitely not primarily for sleep, right? And so there are many other drugs and natural alternatives out there that are primarily for sleep. And, you know, my brain just goes back to like, my gosh, Ashley, eight years ago, if you had had a provider who'd said, let's get you sleeping, (laughs) right? Right. I mean, how different your experience might've been. Right. And so obviously we can't go back in time for you, but maybe somebody can hear this and, and have that feel validating that, you know, I mean, sleep is a form of torture, right? Like our sleep deprivation, yeah. you know, we cannot live if we do not sleep. And 
everything starts breaking down. The brain starts breaking down. The body starts breaking down, you know, crazy things start occurring. You know, I had a, I had a mom on my couch yesterday and she was like, Katie, I'm sleeping like two hours a night. She goes, I really can't tell anymore what's real and what's not real. It's right? true. Like I lost my keys. That was like a breaking moment for me. I just had this panic attack about my keys. I wouldn't normally have that type of situation. I mean, yes, we, we all misplace keys, but I mean, literally I was sobbing with my mom. Like, I don't know the keys. <laughs> like, I, I don't know where I put them. And I was searching the house. And like your memory is very affected by sleep deprivation. Um, so you're not, you're not dealing with the full deck. <laughs> well, and I, I do also wonder because I, I wonder if doctors struggle with this a little because it's not so clearly defined. Right. I visibly remember for both of my kids for a short period after, probably within the first couple of days to couple of weeks, feeling like I was losing my mind. I was so sensitive, like sensitive to things, easily frustrated, right? Some of that sleep deprivation, you all know me, I don't do well when I don't sleep and I don't eat. So that made me, but there was definitely a hormonal, I almost feel like, do you remember that time in adolescence where you kind of felt like the adolescent rage or agitation, but there was no, like your day was great. And then all of a sudden you're just mad, right? It almost felt like that kind of thing, which I think of this, the hormones flushing and whatever, right? So there is a normal level of feeling a little bit foreign, but it shouldn't, right? That's not a two to three months in thing, right? Like that should then regulate and you start to feel more normal, not it's building and getting worse. And I'm wondering if that's where the screening challenge is for doctors that they see so much of this like um, hormonal readjustment that leads to some of these symptoms, right? Heightened agitation. I mean, I remember losing my mind over a linen closet, like- <laughs> Yeah. And I was mad, right? And it, it well, even then I was like, this isn't rational, but I'm so angry and I don't know why, right? So I, I wonder if it's some of that, right? If it's not a clear, hmm, if, I mean, you'd think OBs would have this, but if it's just not clear what, what they're really looking for, because it does look so different in it, different people, right? And it does. Yeah. how do we figure out which is which? Um, but I do think, you know, and Ashley, maybe you can speak to this, having kind of, you know, talked to other moms about this, how many people kind of fly under the radar and never even knew it until much later, right? Five years later, they're talking to you and they're like, that's what that was. I, you know? yeah. There's, there's been a lot of people like that. And, and it's, it's just, there's a flaw in our system that people are just falling through the cracks that we're not, you know, I feel like, um, moms are not it's everybody is and rightfully so very worried about the baby and making sure the baby has enough weight and you know when you leave the hospital and making sure you know um all the milestones with the baby but we're not really checking in with moms and seeing how they're doing after this huge hormonal fluctuation with pregnancy and after the pregnancy and um, you know, lifestyle change and all kinds of things that I think do play into postpartum issues. We need, we need to be caring more for moms as well, because if you're not well, it's, it's very hard. And like, I was determined my, my daughter's not gonna, 
she is not going to suffer because I'm doing so poorly. Like I did, I was, you know, I did everything I could to, um, you know, take her to baby classes and to, to cuddle and tummy time and read. And I did everything I could, but it was just so hard. And I, you know, that first year, um, and yeah, I just, I mean, I know it can just look different for so many, for so many people. So that, that, as you mentioned, is probably why, um, doctors sometimes don't know how to diagnose it. Um, I had to research a psychiatrist because I realized like, even with the regular counseling, I needed more to get that sleep. It just wasn't coming back. The counseling was helping a ton, but, um, I did end up going on a medication. It took trial and error, but there's a medication again, I would never, you know, say what it is for the for people to think, oh, well, Prestique will help me with sleep, but it is a medication geared at helping um, insomnia and anxiety. That that actually worked for me. And that was about, it took about nine months after Jade was born before I got on to Prestique. By her first birthday, I felt like myself again. Yeah. Um, which was, which was, um, I won't, it, it's, yeah. <laughs> the relief that I felt, um, to feel back to myself was, I, I, I can't, there are no words for that. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I think at some point going through that and, and postpartum or, or really any other, um, struggle, I think there's this moment of like, am I ever going to be like, like, what, is this sticking around or do I bounce back? Right. Like, what does it look like long-term? because, you know, that is an unknown. You haven't been through that before. And so you, you kind of, you know, are hoping to kind of find the normal again. Yeah. I think, yeah. And asking for help was huge for me. Um, I did lean on mom friends. I did. Um, I have a neighbor one day I was so unrested and our daughters were just a couple weeks apart and we had regular play dates. And I just, I asked for help one day. I'm like, do you mind if Jade comes and hangs out with Madison today. <laughs> like, I just, I really need to try to rest. If I can get some sleep, it would be a miracle, but like, please, can she just, you know, I, and my, my friend was like, absolutely like any, you know, it, it, it just, um, you know, telling, telling friends, like, I remember going to dinner with, uh, you and Adam and some of our other friends and just telling you guys what was going on so that, you know, I wasn't trying to pretend like everything was okay and wonderful. And, um, because I think that's so hard because everybody just assumes, you know, you have a beautiful, healthy baby that what could be wrong, you know, um, when there are things out of our control, like hormones and, um, that we can't help, you know, uh, life adjustments, things that, you know, many of us struggle with. And to just not feel like you can't, um, you know, that you have to put on the space that everything's perfect yeah. when you're having a tough time. But um, I think that helped me a lot, just being able to to uh, be open. For sure. Um, you know. And, you know, I, I just want to share a resource real quick for anyone listening who's like, let me learn more about that. So there is a group. Um, the website is postpartum.net and it's for the postpartum support international group 
They um, certify therapists in um, perinatal and postnatal mental health. So specifically target targeting, you know, pregnant women struggling with mental health challenges and then that kind of postpartum period, you know, and I think it is more complicated because it's not just postpartum depression and anxiety, right? It's also during pregnancy that people like you experienced, you kind of started that insomnia came on before Jade was born, right? So some of these symptoms may have been kind of creeping in before you even had her. Um, you know, there's anxiety, there's depression, there's OCD that can pop up, right? So kind of a subset of anxiety or related anxiety. There's um, postpartum PTSD, right? And you alluded to that a little bit, Ashley, about kind of like your birth experience. You know, you go in expecting one thing. I've talked to a lot of moms that have varying degrees of trauma based on things that were handled a certain way or not handled a certain way, or maybe just their response to it, right? And then other mood disorders like bipolar and, you know, the more extreme, the psychosis that can kind of come in where people are, you know, having hallucinations and, and all of that is, you know, it's not within your control. Like there's nothing, you didn't do anything wrong. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just, you need support through it. And so th this postpartum.net, the postpartum support international has a lot of information on their website about kind of those differing degrees. Like I said, they have um, providers on there that are trained in this area specifically for anyone that's looking for you know, help from someone who's got a little bit more understanding and can help you kind of navigate the pre and postnatal um, kind of struggles that sometimes we face. Because um, I think we don't, I mean, I don't know if you guys have heard of this group, but like it's, you know, they do a lot of cool work and I think there's so much shame around it or embarrassment or not knowing, like no one, you don't go to the doctor and they're not like, they should hand everyone a pamphlet to be honest with you and be like, if you're experiencing these things, reach out because we don't even know what to look for. Right. No one said to me, Hey, by the way, if this mood thing that you, you know, like, I don't think I went to the doctor. I think I went to one appointment six weeks later and I was cleared to go live my life. No one checked in with me again until my next annual. Right. So that's a long time for me to try to figure out why I'm on a struggle bus. If nobody, nobody saw me or caught me between that time period. Um, well, and yeah, and and just a reminder too for everybody listening, advocate for yourself, right? If you go to your doctor and they and you say I'm not sleeping, and they say, oh, that's normal, like you do not have to settle for that, right? And a lot of us, I think, you know, our parents' generation really like put doctors on pedestals and whatever the doctor said was what went no matter what right and our generation is slowly kind of coming around to this idea of like advocating for ourselves you know and and being our own healthcare providers and um you know piecing together treatment teams and continuing to search for alternatives if what we're getting isn't a fit for us you know but um you know, and this is kind of a, my, one of my soapboxes in life. Um, and that's, you know, I run an integrative wellness center with my husband, who I mentioned is a functional wellness doctor. And we've been doing that since 2011 in Atlanta and now we're in Florida, but um, it just really like burns me to hear when providers of any type really glaze over physiological roots to any what might appear to be an emotional or mental health manifestation, right? Because 
like you said, Ashley, your counselor was amazing, but like maybe under rare circumstances, just getting things off your chest will help you sleep better, right? But if there's truly a physiological underpinning for insomnia, talking's not going to help that, right? That's like pairing apples to bananas, right? And talking's beautiful, but um, it's not going to get you to sleep unless it truly is just I'm stressed and I need to vent, you know, Um, which is not what it was for you. There were physiological underpinnings that your providers completely did not hear. They didn't listen to you and you had to do the best you could and find the resources on your own, as opposed to your provider saying, oh, let's get you to sleep and then see what happens, right? Um, And so for people listening, like advocate for that because we have to figure out the root cause of things. Otherwise, we'd spend way too much time, precious time and energy and money, right? Doing the things that don't match, right? Spending on apples when we need oranges, right? Or vice versa. And if only you had found that Pristique or Trazodone or really nice um, natural supplement, right? Earlier, you could have had that relief so much earlier. Yes, that's so true. And, um, you know, and I did try to combine some natural holistic, uh, like um, acupuncture helped me. Mm-hmm. But I needed the combi. I did try acupuncture and that was that was really great. Um, as I was working through, um, again, it was trial and error to find prestige for me. So, um, you know, that provided some relief, but it didn't, I needed, I needed to get the medical piece, um, traditional medicine, I should say the combination. Sometimes it's a combination of things. Yeah. Well, it's not so, you know, and, and again, it's not so cut and dry, right? Like Ashley, what you needed and the way it presented in you may not be the way it presents in someone else. And I think that's the struggle with it is that it's not like all of it looks like this and here's the steps we take, right? But I do think if providers listened, then you could at least, you know, go along with your clients on their journey to figuring out what works for them. And, and, you know, I know you said you switched providers that ultimately like you found a different practice and made the choice that this wasn't, that you weren't being heard and it wasn't a good fit for you. You know, it just saddens me a little that like, that's the journey we have to go through sometimes in the most vulnerable times of our lives to have to say, oh good, now I have to muster up the energy to advocate for myself. Because again, you're not in a space where you even are like simple tasks are a challenge. And now you've got to go, you know, fight the system and figure out how to work it. Yeah. I genuinely believe if I had switched, if I had had the provider I have now, I, you can't go back in a time machine and change it. But I, I do believe I'm, I'm with someone that looks at the big picture and I probably would have had a very different experience, but you know, you can't go back in time. I'm just very glad I'm with a different group now. Yeah. And you share that experience, right. With other people. So you can't go back in time for yourself, but if someone's saying to you, I went to my provider and I tell them I haven't been sleeping and they (laughs) say that happens, then you can say, you know, maybe ask your provider this, maybe find another provider. Do you feel like you're being listened to? And I think you can ask those questions of people to see, are they getting their needs met or, you know, your own experience of having to switch providers to, to find a better fit. 
Well, I'm, I'm, I, I think we could do like four episodes on this for real, but I am so glad you joined us. And I know, you know, I appreciate you kind of sharing your personal story because I know it is a personal story. Um, is there anything you kind of wanted to throw out there before we kind of wrap up? I, um, I'm happy to do it ladies. I, you know, it's so important that people not feel alone when they're going through this, Mm -hmm. uh, so the more we share our stories, the less alone people will feel. <laughs> so, um, so I'm happy to do it and just don't give up because it took me about a year to get back to myself, but I did advocate. It was a very long process. It was a confusing process, but the website you mentioned, postpartum.net, mm-hmm. I believe that's, that's the one. That one was, I, I did use it as a resource and you know, just, um, I just want to give people the hope that it will get better, you know? Well, thank you guys so much. I know. Thank you. Thank you, Ashley. So good to see your face again. Sorry to our listeners. You can't see her her beautiful face. Um, but we are going to post this Claudia. We have this on, um, iTunes, right? Apple, Spotify, (laughs) iTunes and other places. (laughs) (laughs) We'll post it on our social media. Claudia is Mighty Oak Parenting, and I'm out there as um, half of Rob and Katie Truax, T-R-U-A-X. And if you find one of our posts, please feel free to comment if there's something else you want to hear us chat about or if you have any questions, and um, we'd love to see what you write. Yeah. All right. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.